0: everyone, and welcome back to season two of Young's Uplifting Expressions. I want to say Happy New Year to all of you, and it is going to be a great 2022 season two with Young's Uplifting Expressions. It is time to get up, to get moving, and to live your life. I am so excited because we have great guests that's going to share their life experiences with you. And each segment, I am going to start giving you what I call an inspirational note. And one of the key things this year in uh, this season, I should say, in Young's uplifting expression is that I want us to focus. What we think about, what we meditate on is something that is important because our thoughts, our minds can control our emotions and basically the very essence of our being. So my question to you is, whatever it is that's consuming your thoughts, are you allowing it to control you? I love Psalm 121 verse one that says, I will. Lift up my eyes to the hills from where my help comes from. So why are you lifting up your eyes? We know that the eyes is the window. The eye is the window to our soul. So what's in your window view? In your window view, is it faith or is it fear? Is it hope or is it hopelessness? Do you see success? Or do you see failure? Do you see encouragement or do you see discouragement? So what's in your window view? So when the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, he says, I am lifting my mind above the outside distractions. I am lifting and focusing my thoughts on that which I know means well to me. Are you focusing on the the eternal or the external? The eternal is knowing that God created the heavens and the earth. The eternal is that God's thoughts concerning us are good. The eternal is knowing that there is a plan for your life, a plan for my life, a plan for our life. The eternal says, hey, that you are going to make it. Whereas the external may be a distraction, the external may be a little be chaotic. However, focus, focus on the word of God. Focus on the word that tells you that you are the head and not the tail focus on the word that says that you are to think about good things that you are to 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 meditate on that which is good that which will bring you joy you know when you start thinking on everything around you can be falling apart but change how you think it does matter it will energize you if you choose your thoughts if you choose your thoughts We have the power to make a decision about what we're going to think about because the Bible tells us as we think so shall it be and one is as we think so it says is he but basically he or she so that is a decision that you have the power to make. We have a question that's going to come later in our show. Well, the answer to our trivia question, you know, I love trivia. The trivia question today is, what is the meaning of the circle of life in Zulu? And is it here comes an elephant or life goes around in a circle or here comes a lion father, L-I-O-N, father, or none of the above? You will find out the answer during our African Connection. Again, get up, get moving, and live your life. I will see you after the commercial break. Hey, my beautiful butterflies. I know y'all been wondering, where's Chrissy Collins and Coffee with Chrissy? Well, guess what? We are back and we're stronger than ever on E-Line TV. That's right, E-LineTV.com. Y'all, I'm so excited because on this streaming network, we're gonna be doing so much. And with Coffee with Chrissy and you, The sky's the limit. So make sure you go and subscribe to e tv.com. It's free right now, but the prices are going to go up. So we want you to come on and jump on board right now. I can't wait. Y'all meet me there and make sure you have your cup of coffee ready. During this segment, we are going to have storytelling. Often last season, I would ask that you share your stories. Today, I am going to read a publisher's note from a journal called Avail, and the title of the story is The Power of Story, and the writer is Dr. Sam Chan, who is the publisher of the Avail Journal. In his story, he says, I grew up in a pastor's home in India. Almost every week, we would have guests come and stay in our home. No hotels in those days. So friends, acquaintances, passing through, guest speakers, friends of friends, you get the idea. Anyone needed a place came to our house. In fact, we had two rooms in our house designated as guest rooms. My parents were the most hospitable people. My father would keep conversations going in the living room while my mother would be preparing meals for them. Those conversations were endless. They would continue all day and into the night in our culture, experience sharing is a part of who we are. I can vividly recall a very young boy lurking around those conversations. Those stories and experiences were mesmerizing to me. One's story ignited a similar yet dissimilar story in the other person and impromptu experience-based conversation flowed for hours. Sometimes the adults would laugh at something funny that made no sense to me as a young boy. Sometimes they would interrupt each other to insert their own experience with the main character of the other person's story. Sometimes they would ask probing, even intrusive questions. Sometimes they would cry. Sometimes they would end up praying for the other, but all times, no one story was devalued. What you told in your hand is a replay of the days I grew up in. And this is Dr. John's talking. That is what I learned. You don't have to agree disagree or debate someone's experience it is theirs to own and share our growth in life is is in large part based our growth in life is in large part based on sharing our life experiences with vulnerability self deprecation humor sadness failures and successes all wrapped like a sweet and sour candy. Stories of failure, disappointments, and setbacks are most inviting, even refreshing, than when they don't end, all end in success every time. Sometimes they don't. No one disparages another story Fewer filters make a better shared experiences. Sharing a difficult life experience is great. Trust given to the listener by the teller. Dr. Chan continues to, by writing, I want to encourage you to share your life experiences as well as listen deeply to others as they open up their hearts recollections and lessons learned. He says, I think people and their stories are just as fascinating as bestsellers. Tell your story and grow through listening to others' experiences. Jesus was a great storyteller. In the Bible, they refer to his stories as parables. Your story may be one that someone needs to hear. In essence, you can uplift their spirit through the words, or through your words that you write. You have the power to motivate, to inspire and to encourage someone through your story. I loved what Dr. Chan wrote when he says, the power of a story and he says that no one's story is devalued. You know why he said that? Because you are important. Your life journey is significant. Don't allow life situations or people or circumstances to define who you are. Your journey is a bestseller. But what make what make the that which would make it even better? is knowing and placing Jesus at the center of it. Remember from Psalm 121, where the psalmist wrote, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where my help comes from. Your story is a testament. Your story brings value not only to your life, but it can also bring value to someone else's life. So well-spoken. By Dr. Chan, that no one story what is devalued, no one story. With God, your life is value, is not devalued, but it is value. Again, it, throughout the creation, the words God spoke, it is good. okay? We all are diamonds in the rough. We may see sparkling diamonds. However, before that sparkle, that diamond went through something, rigorous cleaning, rigorous pruning, so that we can see how beautiful a diamond can be. It's the same thing in our lives. We go through a lot of ugly situations, a lot of muddy situations, situations where we sometimes think that we cannot make it out of out of. However, yes, you can. So I am encouraging you to send your story so that you can be helpful to someone else. So how do you send me your stories? Please send me your stories to, please send your stories to my web address at www.fema.org why you expressions.com why for young you for uplifting expressions.com I am so looking forward to reading your stories and to sharing your stories again you're important you're significant and Jesus was a great storyteller so are you and I can remember my grandfather as a kid the beautiful stories that he would tell us about his childhood. And the good thing that he would always say, the good Lord always brought us through. And now when I am challenged with life situations, I can reflect on stories that my grandfather told. And he was a farmer. He had minimal education in terms, he knew how to read and to write. But the thing about it, he also knew that his help came from God. So we are going to be back in a little bit for segment three. We have a great guest. I am so excited. I call him Uncle George. He's a seasoned man. He's a man of humility, but a a giant in greatness. I know he's going to say I'm saying too much. But I love him dearly. He has some great wisdom that he's going to share with us. And we will see Mr. George W. Stewart after the commercial break. back i am excited about this segment of young's uplifting expression our special guest today is mr george w stewart it is my pleasure to have him on our show today and i'm going to ask you i'm more comfortable saying uncle george so uncle george will you please introduce yourself to our viewers
1: First, let me say good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time you're viewing. Uh, it's an honor for me to be uh, with you today, Darlene uh, niece. Um, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, born in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, more specifically, Daily Bottom and the bottom of Alberta City. Married uh, to uh, the lovely Dr. Jacqueline W. Stewart, got a lot of grandchildren, got uh A lot of, hopefully, dear friends, member of the Morland Conference Faith Church in Birmingham, Alabama, Apostle Stephen Green Sr. is the pastor. And I could go on and on, but I'm just glad to be here and thankful for this opportunity.
0: In your bio, it states that your desire is to change the world through stories that your grandfather has given to you. Can you expound on that a little bit for us?
1: As a writer, I want to write stories that will creatively cause people to make better decisions in life, to view life uh, in a way that would be beneficial to their health, mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty much that. And as far as my grandfather and other um, patriots and matriots of my life, um, just hearing their life stories, in particular, my grandmother, she was a very wise lady, um, She would tell us things like, uh, don't always know everything. Let somebody else know something sometime. (laughs) You know, uh, (laughs) uh, she was in the midst of our, when we'd go visit her, in the midst of our uh, time with her, she'd write in the midst of probably our most active time. She'll tell us to sit down and rest our nerves. And uh, one thing that is done for me is I always say when when an opportunity comes, you can't get ready. You must be ready. So, you got to be able to move quickly. There's no such thing as a last minute. You know, if you call someone, you tell them you need them to be on the show. You call them five minutes, two minutes before time. If they can do it, they can do it. If they can't, they shouldn't scold you by telling you, why didn't you call me early? If I could have, I would have. You know, I need you now. (laughs) So, we got to be ready. And that preparation time is never wasted time.
0: You are a great playwriter. two things one is we want to know where that passion came from in terms of you being a playwright. and you and i had talked earlier in the week you mentioned because i kept saying what's the topic what are you going to talk about because there's so much wealth of knowledge in you and what you do you said here obey and be blessed but however before you get to that particular um uh subject matter where did that passion come in your writing, and, and what's that journey been like in what you do?
1: I must say first that uh, no doubt about it, our Father put it there, God put it there. Um, I was created to do this, and I was I've been doing it all my life. Uh, most of my uh, relatives and early friends will say that um, you've been writing on stuff all your life, you know, on the back of envelopes and just writing. So I wanted to ask the Lord, what is it you want me to do with this? And he said, "Um, to tell stories um, and to try to change the world through this gift. So I, you know, I had, I kind of grew up by myself. And what I mean by that is uh, I was raised by my aunt and my uncle and I was the only child for them, but we had always had my other brothers and sisters around me, which is great. Uh, but I had to use my imagination. Okay. So we live right on the main street uh, there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, right down through the campus. So all the times, different cars, different tags would go by. And I just imagined where those places would be and what it would be like to be there. So I always took great journeys with my memory. So, I mean, with my imagination. So then now just writing those things down. <clears throat> Excuse me, it was like my voice is trying to. It's it's cold in, in Birmingham today, so I it just got is, in.
0: it is.
1: You mm-hmm. know, I'm
0: listening to you. You talked about your mind, your imagination, your journey. And in the beginning of our show, we talked. I mentioned something about our mind and our thoughts and being focused. And one thing I want to point out is to those of you who are listening and viewing our show is, you know, there's a there's a saying that with the um, that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Great people, I don't want to say isolate, but you say pretty much to yourself, there's a lot to be accomplished when you're not in the mix of the crowd. It's something mm-hmm. about coming out from among the crowd in order to, for, for God to, to, to speak, for, for one to have that vision to move um, forward and to be able to create great things. So for those that are listening, hear what Uncle George just said. Hey, he allowed his mind, it carried him on a journey. And through that journey, he did something positive with it. This blessing and has blessed a lot of people. You are the president of the American Gospel Quartet. And now you're going into your 30th year. What changes have you seen in gospel music throughout the years?
1: There are changes, like everything, in terms of uh, how things evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, the times dictate the songs. You know, uh, when we grew up in the church, they were doing a lot of the uh, call and response hymns, like "A Charge to Keep I Have." And, mm-hmm. uh, if I could, you know. Uh, so now people are a little bit more. And I, would, I wouldn't say advanced, but they have uh, evolved into a modern society. You use the screens on the, on the wall, you know, with the words and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do a lot of technical things. And then the culture has changed. Uh, the people that we deal with now don't have long uh, attention spans. They're not as disciplined. You know, we can sit up to church and we better sit up and listen. You know, your mom could be in the choir and you'd be down there talking, man and you can feel that pressure on the side of your face. Mm-hmm. And you look around, they're looking right at you. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with it, but you don't have that generation of people. So it's, uh, you got to more creatively present your messages. I would say that in particular, but with, with gospel music, what we talk about is different. How we talk about it is different. How we dress, you know, the very culture. Mm-hmm. It's so, it, you know, I'm not saying that's good, bad, or indifferent, and, and it's just, different (laughs) and uh we just got to get in with what's going on if we want to get the message of jesus
0: christ out hear obey and be blessed hear obey and be blessed those Mm -hmm. words what's in your heart what's in your mind what are your wisdom what would you say to us about hear obey and be blessed
1: well God speaks and he speaks to any and everything that he's created. So he's constantly speaking. And we must when we hear it and we know that that is something that strikes us that we got to hear it and respond. Like I say we can't get ready we got to be ready. So give a response that is that matches what you're hearing. In other words when you hear it start out doing whatever you can to accomplish that journey. Don't hear, think about it, ponder it because you're going to probably um, overthink it, outthink it. You just, if God tells you to go, if he tells you to stop, if he tells you to touch, do that and then see what happens after you obey. So you'll hear and respond positively, like with a yes, Mm -hmm. then that's obey. And when you do that, he's gonna bless you. He's What I mean by bless, you're gonna find a place of peace. Many people call blessing different things, but I think it's being in harmony with God, with with everything he's created, with all the people, that's a beautiful thing to be in harmony.
0: Hear, obey, and be blessed. And so we must learn how to get into that quiet space in order to hear God, in order to have that that faith to be able to press forward. Um, Another question that I want to ask you, you have worked with amazing talent throughout your career, and you're very modest about it, including Miss Janet Jackson. What made you choose gospel music over secular music?
1: Well, when I had the opportunity in the early nineties to be a part of the a Records team, which was uh, Ms. Jackson's record label, including Barry White as well and some other people um I was a minister then I was called to that when I was called into the ministry this is what I heard God say to me he said I want you to minister to the so-called stars of the world but have no one to turn to and then he said I'm going to allow you to I'm going to anoint you to be a vision uh, enhancer and a dream enhancer to facilitate other people's dreams so all of that guided me to uh Miss Jackson and others like uh Steve Harvey and on and on. And so when I got there, I showed up with purpose. I knew what my whole uh, purpose of being there was, which was to be able to be a light shining before them. Mm-hmm. Uh, many times I was several times about six times I was in Miss Jackson's actual presence. And uh, I was standing there praying for her within that their whole family would be saved that she would be saved. And that's what it's all about. That's what the journey is about. So That's how I got there. So I didn't really choose, I haven't chosen, if you will, gospel over the secular because if secular is not going against the will of God, it's just music with uh, a different uh, way of trying to get to people. You know, if you got love songs, those are love songs. How many of us are here actually because of love songs, you know, so (laughs) love songs, um, God is love. So as long as it's not degrading, Uh, not vulgar, then it's good. So I I, I just want to make that uh, plain that I like various types of music. If it's uplifting, you know, I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear any gospel that is not uplifting, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's where I am. I'm just, you know, go among all the people, you know, become all things to all men, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we could be in the world. We don't have to be of the world, but we don't have to push those away that are of the world if we can, we have a light that's shining. That's how, you know, if everybody's going to be well, then we need no churches and no hospitals.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, How has your faith journey helped your career?
1: Wow. It's just seeing how God moves. I believe my favorite scripture right now is Genesis 2 and 1. The heavens and the earth are complete and the entire host of them. So, God has already put this thing in motion and set it in place. I just look at it as my hands are being used as his hands in the earth realm. So I've seen him move by his spirit, you know, didn't have the resources, didn't have the wherewithal to do something that he said do or whatever. And I've seen him move. There's no such thing as the last minute with him. It's his timing. So when that happens, it builds your faith as scripture says and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the words of their testimonies mm-hmm. so when i see god moving when man how did that happen he did it you know my friend evelyn Turner teenage he made a song god did it well he did it. he did it and if he's done it once guess what he'll do it again and again and, and again, again and again
0: and again well it is time for a commercial break right now and we will be back with george stewart after the commercial break. back and we are interviewing George W. Stewart, and he is sharing with us his journey in the gospel and entertainment industry. And he has been giving us some insight on that journey and in his faith walk with God through the process. Another question that I have for you is this. In your bio, it also stated you are a youth advocate. How important is it that we teach and steer youth on a good path? It's
1: vital, it's vital that we um, invest in our young people. Um, When you see prisons being built on the back end, I call it, I wish that we would consider putting that kind of money on the front end uh, with our young people. Um, because first, uh, you know, we got to, when we have parents. I'm saying in the high 90s, in particular, in the African American community, uh, we have one-parent uh, households, and in the high 90 percentile, those one-parents are mothers. So you have no real headship. You know, in the old day, we say, "Well, some people who had only a mother. Well, my mom was my mama and my dad." Well, I can understand what they're saying in the environment. Was different. The culture was different. You know, you watch television back in the old days uh, when you had uh, things like uh, the the family stories. They never showed you the the mom and the dad in the bed, same bed. You know, they were you just you know they were trying to keep it wholesome. But of course, now what do we get? We get the whole thing. So it's so influencing. It's so impacting on the minds of young people who don't have a strong structure in the family. And I, you know, let me back it up a little bit more and say in the village, the village raised the children. And I always, you know, we say back then, but you know, when I'm talking about when the old schoolers were growing up the village, uh, niece, you were raised by the next door neighbor. And, you know, the person around the next street, the person the store, uh, who owned the store, person at the school, they are at church. They all spoke the same language because they were trying to get you wholesome and healthy to grow from. Mm -hmm. And so it's important. And I think even though we can't come back uh, geographically to become a village again, so to speak, because most of us don't even know our neighbors. We know our next door neighbors. We don't know the person across the street, two doors down. Mm -hmm. So we don't have that camaraderie, you know. You know all the names. I could call some of the names you you know. And these people had some input Mm -hmm. in your life so they had the spirit let's have the spirit of the village and try to speak life into our children i when i see little when i see children i just little children i say oh you know you look like a lawyer are you sure you're not a lawyer oh you look like a doctor you look like a school teacher man you look like you man i see greatness in you and sometimes it, you can feel it man they feel it because you're saying to them you are somebody that's right don't think that you got to you know protect yourself you know, I see I see the young ladies. I say, you know what? You're a thoroughbred. You don't feel you don't feed you don't feed a thoroughbred at the Kentucky Downs. You don't feed them uh, candy. You don't feed them junk. You you take care of them like they're worth. So, young lady, carry yourself like you're worth something. Young man, hey, be proud, man. Carry yourself in a proud way. Speak up, you know. Speak out. Come forth with confidence and authority. That's my input. I may not know them. They've been just you know, at the convenience store, whatever. But I want to put that in, because I remember when we were, um, we'd go uh, across town. My dad was a blue collar worker. He worked at a place, of course, you know, which is uh, Gulf State Paper Mill.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Which a lot of the men in Tuscaloosa, particularly Alberta city work. Um, but I remember us going across uh, town, we call it, uh, over by, uh, I'm just throwing these names out there, Druid High School below Stillman <laughs> College. Yes. <laughs> And uh, this guy would wave at us. And he had on a suit and tie. I said my dad was a blue collar worker. He never wore a suit and tie. Um, but this guy would wave at us. And he'd smile and he'd recognize us. And it always made me feel good. I said, oh, that guy, he wore a tie. He knows my dad. And he maybe did, maybe didn't. But it was Mr. Paul, the late Mr. Paul Rollins. He had a cemetery—I mean, a funeral home there. Yes. So when we would go across uh, past his place, he'd be waving and smiling. I'm just simply saying, his acknowledging us mm-hmm. made me feel mm-hmm. uh, confident that we, you know, we were special people. We were just people, people that people that were acknowledged. So that's what I'm saying. When we acknowledge these young people, it makes them feel a sense of pride and respect, and and it also motivates them to keep that path. I
0: believe. Yes, it is important for us to encourage our youth. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, you recently celebrated 30 years of the American Gospel Quartet. What new ventures can we expect in 2022?
1: Well, um, I'm glad you brought that back up because uh, uh, 30 years ago when... uh, we were charged with starting the quartet convention. Um, The mandate was, and again, heard this from God, I thank God that he would speak to me um, and share with me and encourage me, sometimes it's very challenging. But he said, if I can get the quartet saved, I'll save the world through them. Um, Quartets were one of the first evangelistical tools that God used to carry the gospel, uh, of course, through song all over America. Uh, going back to the early 1900s, uh, particularly around 1921, uh, uh, the movement started in Birmingham, Alabama, one of the hot movements in, in Jefferson County, where I sit right at this very moment. Uh, and it was called the Jefferson County Sound Movement. That was probably the first coined sound. Uh, you heard a Motown sound, the Philly International Sound, the Stax Sound, the Chicago blue sound. Well, the Jefferson County Sound started in Birmingham. And I always like to encourage people to Google the Jefferson County Sound. Um, Most people worldwide, particularly when you look at uh, R&B and soul music, Mm -hmm. uh, give credit to the Jefferson County Sound for being the foundation of that. And so um, in that uh, we were in Birmingham doing this music uh, then God tells me to go in and do it. I didn't know this at that time. And uh, because he said, if I could get these quartets saved, people follow them that don't go to church. And uh, if these people can become powerful and change themselves by letting me be the foundation and a, and the dominant thing of why they do what they do, I'll use them to inspire other people to come to me as well. So that's why we, how we started. What we plan to do is we're just gonna use virtual, the virtual world like you are doing um, and try to combine the two because some of the people are a little older and they okay. still want that touch me, feel me kind of thing. So okay. we don't wanna leave them out, but p- particularly we're gonna go virtual and do whatever we can do uh, through that, this medium.
0: Okay, <laughs> I'm going to say this. The one thing that I really respect about you is your humility, and I said this earlier, your integrity, because there's so, like I said earlier, there's so you have the, the masses of people that you are associated with, uh, particularly in the music industry. It has not, because I've known you from Alberta City where we grew up, is that it has not changed your integrity, it has not changed who you are. You have been just that humble person. And so and you, what is it that continues to keep, how is it that you have may, been able to stay grounded and be who you are? Be well, the influencer instead of being influenced.
1: Well, first of all, it's my raising. I, I, I got to go there. Um, you know, the village raised me. I owe all, who I am to uh, represent the village. okay. You know, um, my mother and my, uh, my mothers, I should say, my grandmother, my granddad, my great granddad, my next door neighbor, Miss Easter Brown, who lived to be 102 or three years of age. Most mm-hmm. people, I mean, certain things, like it's better to be asked up than asked down, okay? okay? Uh, to realize that everybody's got worth. So I don't want to have the type of mindset to have lower self-esteem that I need to be feeling like and acting like I'm more than anybody else. You understand? That's people who got a problem. I don't need, I, I, I really don't need to be better than somebody else. I don't really need to tag my name with anybody else to say that I'm special. What, what, what grade what grid are you grading on? You know, um, I've got, and I see how that looks. I've mm-hmm. seen people who act like that, man. That's an ugly look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's ugly to, to think because you got a little fame and a little shine right now, you're better than somebody else. Mm-hmm. Come on, be for real. If that was a case, that everybody who's ever had a little shine would still have. It. Simply put, mm-hmm. you need to act like you need to walk low. Don't walk in the who you think you are right now. Don't That's don't try to carry yourself and expect great things out of people because you because that's not going to be what you always, then what you're going to do. See, so if you walk lowly, you can always be you and you can always just love on people. I mean, I want to say this, when you're at the top of what you do at at the apex, that's the time to do for people what you would normally have to do. In other words, making yourself available. Don't make yourself distant because when you do level off, People will appreciate the fact that when you did have the juice, you did for them what you really didn't have to do, or what most people, average people, wouldn't do. So that's the that's my thing. And plus, I enjoy just being me. You know, mm-hmm. I put on a whole lot of airs. I enjoy, you know, I have a beautiful wife and uh, very smart. Uh, I mean, just a uh, creative, uh, innovative. But um, she's my kind of people because you know, she's touchable. I'll put it that way. You know, you can access her. So that's what it is. I mean, I don't deserve anything special, honestly, for that. That's just how it should be. Jesus said, the one that desires to be great, let him be your servant.
0: (laughs) That's true. I want to say thank you, Uncle George, for being here. We have been. Time is up. We, our time, time is up. Is up. Yes. Oh, we thank wow. you, Uncle George. He, um, we've been interviewing George W. Stewart. He is the president of the American Gospel Quartet Convention, Incorporated. If you have not, um, ever gone, please go to Facebook page and, 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 uh, tune in because it is a great ministry and it blesses many, many people. So again, thank you so much for being with us today on E line media TV. And for those of you who are listening, it's time for a commercial break and we'll be back with the African connection. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back for the African Connection. We know that the origins of all humanity started in Africa. So this segment, what I will be doing in season two is talking about African culture, African the arts, religion, entertainment, and politics. So today During the African Connection, I am going to talk about South Africa. South Africa is known as the Rainbow Nation. So you may say or ask, why is it called the Rainbow Nation? The Rainbow Nation was the name given to South Africa by Archbishop Desmond Tutu, after his first democratic election in 1994, since of the apartheid ended. It is a metaphor for the coming together of all different peoples who live in South Africa, a nation with 11 official. Languages. The opening song in the Broadway musical, The Lion King, is the circle of life. And it represents that rainbow very well. And it, because it encompasses all people, and it is the song in the Zulu, and it is sung in the Zulu language, a language most likely spoken in South Africa. I'm going to try and pronounce these words, so don't judge me, okay? It says not engon Yama bajiti baba, and simply means here comes a lion father. L-I-O-N. I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying lying, I'm saying lion father. Some brief history notes about the Zulu tribe. The Zulu people are the largest ethnic group and nation in South Africa with an estimated of 10 to 12 million people. Zulu is the most widely spoken home language in South Africa. The Zulu cultural group is one of the most influential in South Africa and on the African continent. The Zulu believe in a creator God known as Nkulankula, The Nkulankula God does not interact with humans and has no interest in everyday life. Zulu interact with the spirits and use divination to interact with the ancestors. Zulu believe all misfortune results from an evil sorcerer or offended spirits. Nothing just happens because of natural causes. Some may ask, particularly for those who are of the Christian faith, why would you put in here about the Zulu and divination and their forms of worship? It's good to know that we all don't think alike, we all come from different cultures. Knowledge is a blessing. Knowledge can be useful. Knowledge gives you an understanding of humanity, and that uh, we all are not going to agree, and we can agree to disagree. But just a few notes about the Zulu tribe. The trivial question is, and I'm sure you have probably figured this out by now, is, What is the meaning of the circle of life in Zulu? Here comes an elephant. Life goes around in a circle. Here comes a lion father or none of the above. Ding, ding, ding. The answer is here comes a lion father. L-I-O-N. And you know that song comes from the Broadway play, which has been a hit and been around for a long time, The Lion King. Nelson Mandela was born in 1918, and he transitioned in 2013. He became the president of South Africa from 1994, to 1999 one of his favorite quotes that i really really like is do not judge me by my success judge me by how by how many times i fell down and got back up i'm going to repeat that one of mandela's favorite quotes is do not judge me by my success judge me by how many times i fell down and got back up in our african connection today i shared with you we talked about the zulu tribe their religion and we talked about the circle of life again on young's uplifting expressions we, too, are a circle of life, and how we're going to share our circle of life, I keep pushing and keep encouraging you to send in your stories. I am asking you to send your send your stories to yueexpressions.com. Again, viewers, thank you so much for being with us today on Young's Uplifting Expressions. And I have some great news for you. You can listen to our show on the major platform, podcast platforms, which are iHeartRadio, Apple, and Spotify. Thank you viewers for watching. And remember to get up, to get moving, and to live, live your life. I see I'll see you on next week.